What's up, Des Moines? This is the Fit Des Moines Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Doc Brian Ladd. On this podcast, we're going to talk about all things related to health and wellness in Des Moines. We'll interview clinicians and coaches from around the metro to get to know them and learn how we can continue to lead long, active, and healthy lifestyles. Let's get started. The Fit Moines Podcast is sponsored by Kaizen Health and Wellness. At Kaizen, we help active people in the Des Moines area get out of pain, become injury-free, and back to the sports and activities they love. We do this by working on four different areas. That is movement, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. When we optimize these four areas, you not only feel better, but you move better, and you can continue to live your best life. Head to kaizenhealthandwellness.com to learn how we can help you get back to doing the things you love. What's up, Des Moines? Doc Glad here with the Fit Moines Podcast. Today I have the people's dentist, Dr. Aya Belisi, with Cedar Ridge Aesthetic and Family Dentistry. How are you, Dr. Bobisi? Hi, good morning. I'm doing all right, thanks. How are you, Brian? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So let's get started. Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and then what you're up to now. Um, well, uh, my name is Dr. Aya Bilbisi, like you said. I am from Michigan. I studied out there, went to school at Detroit Mercy for Dental School, did a hospital general practice residency at the University of Michigan. Um, I've pretty much been mostly in Iowa since. Um, I did a lot of uh, public health work for years um, and then went into private practice. And for the past, it's almost two years, it'll be two years in January, I've been the owner of Cedar Ridge Dentistry here in Urbandale. Um, and I do general dentistry with um, a personalized, holistic feel. Okay. So what took you out of like the public health realm and into private practice? Um, well, I really liked public health. I loved um, the idea that I was serving people and taking care of people that often had a hard time getting care. Um, but there were also a lot of limitations. Um, There's a lot of limitations about what I could do, not just because people couldn't necessarily pay for it or Medicaid wasn't paying for everything. Um, there was just a lot of, um, there was like the boss and then the boss's boss and then the boss's boss's boss. And I didn't really feel like I had a lot of say in what I wanted to do and how I wanted to practice. Yeah. Not that it was you know, bad. I don't mean to like say anything bad about anyone in particular, but just me personally, I felt like I wanted to do things in a very specific way and I wanted more of that freedom. Yeah. You know, it's the same. Uh, I had the same experience in the Navy. Like it's just, it's a bureaucracy, right? There's so many, like you said, there's so many different layers to everything. Like mm -hmm. I had a boss and my boss had a boss and that boss had a boss and it just keeps going up. They always say like, the Navy's a big ship and it turns really slow and it's yeah. true. You, you can't get anything done quickly. And it was really frustrating for me too. You'd want to get something done or you want to change something. And then someone would stomp on it and say, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just a lot of, and I understand why it was run that way. I completely understood. I mean, that was part of the reason I stuck around for as long as I did, but it just got to a point where I was like, okay, I've had a few years of practice under my belt and they know what my vision is. If I want to do this for the rest of my life, I have to be able to do it my way. Sure. Which is why eventually, you know, I made my way here to solo practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of feel that same way where they want to do it their way and <laughs> they get frustrated with the like bureaucratic systems like that. So, yeah. 
Um, now, dentistry, unfortunately, I guess, is uh, can be scary for a lot of people um, and can be off-putting. A lot of people don't like to go to the dentist. But you guys have really done a lot. And I guess in my experience, like your practice is much different than other practices I've been to. And you've made it much more welcoming. You've done a lot of different things to, to make it a different environment and to welcome people in. So can you talk about like what, what you guys do different? From other um, well, it's nice to hear from somebody who's actually been in because talking about myself sometimes is really awkward and I don't, <laughs> don't want to speak for my patients. But um, so my staff um, all comes from bigger offices too. Like we've all worked like public health or corporate or something. We've, we've come from these big, busy places. Yeah. Um, and we knew we wanted a place where we were happy to come into work every day and we enjoyed it. Um, and we knew that that would translate to our patient feel. So that was like, that's baseline. Um, so, you know, we make sure that we are not like overbooking patients, for example, or like, st- like stacking appointments back to back so that we're not rushed with our patients so that everybody has the time they need. That's a big one that we really make sure that we schedule like really nice long blocks of time, especially for the initial visits. We really make sure that we have lots of time to go over everything. Um, we, we spend a lot of time. That first visit is a really important one. And we, we really try to have conversations with you, figure out exactly what it is that you want and need, what your goals are, um, figure out other parts of your health and wellness that could be playing a part, um, to maybe negatively affect your oral health or vice versa, kind of make those connections with you. Um, and then just really figure out the best treatment plan that isn't necessarily like, you know, let's get you some veneers, let's get you a nice white smile. And that's something we do for people who want it, but we don't like to make decisions for anybody. We want our patients to, um, come to us and tell us what they want. And then we're here to guide them and teach them and figure out the best way to do it in a very healthy and smart way. Can you talk just a little bit? Uh, I mean, you should probably go into a ton of detail with this, but can you talk a little bit just about like dentistry and how it affects your overall health? I know it's closely tied to like cardiovascular health and things like that. Can you touch on that? Yeah. So there are so many, um, links. So, you know, with science and medicine and and research, it's very hard to get a direct cause effect relation, right? So it's very hard to prove that. Um, but there's study after study after study that shows a link between, um, dental disease or gum disease and other diseases in your body because gum disease is, is a huge one. It's an inflammatory disease. So if you have inflammatory markers in your gums. They tend to show up in your heart, in your blood, in other parts of your body. Um, most recently, there have been some studies showing a link between gum disease and COVID-19 symptoms um, and people not doing as well recovering if they're exposed to COVID-19 if they do have gum disease. Um, there was at least one, if not a few studies that I, I've seen about that um, recently. So your body needs to fight, thing is constantly fighting off disease. And if there's an underlying disease in your gums, if there's bacteria or infection, sometimes so it's not always bacteria. Sometimes it's like fungal infections that grow in your gums that, that show up as gum disease. And if your body is really busy fighting those off, it's not going to be as well equipped to fight off anything else. So it, it's huge. I don't want to go into too much detail because it can get. <laughs> well, I but, figured that was kind of a, 
a leading question. Like you could go yeah. into a ton of depth. Yeah, with we it. could talk for a very long time, but it, it's just to keep it simple. If you know, if your immune system is busy fighting off something in your gums, it's not going to be able to take care of your heart as well, or um, your lungs, or something like that. Sure, interesting. So, what uh, you kind of talked about a little bit, but how has COVID affected you and your practice? Well, we were under mandated closure for about eight or nine weeks. Um, where at the time, I we, we did it. I mean, we were we were kind of prepared for that. I actually made the decision to do a short term close. I think like the day the the governor decided to mandate dental offices closed, or like the day before, because we knew it was just really hard to get PPE. We weren't able to get masks or gloves or anything, let alone N95s. We were, I'm just talking about the the ones that we were using. Um, yeah. And so we, we kind of knew we were going to have to cut back. Plus we started to get a lot of phone calls from patients who just didn't want to come in, didn't feel safe. Um, so we closed down and it was, it was a nice way for us to kind of um, reevaluate how we wanted to practice, what we wanted to do in terms of our patients. Um, it taught me how to kind of set up some teledentistry for my current patients. So I did a lot of um, screening our patients mobily um so we were still open for emergencies um we had to come up with well actually the board came up with what they considered an emergency the dental board and we followed those guidelines i mean they were all you know everything that i agreed with at the time um and so we i I had patients that would reach out to me a lot through like social media um i make myself pretty available to my patients um and so we do some sort of screening a lot of times i did video calls um and then sometimes I had to come in, sometimes I didn't, um, and I could just kind of talk them through the, the issue they were having. Um, so that was like the immediate change. Since then, um, we've already been really on top of infection control in the dental world. Like we've been wearing masks and gloves for years and years. So that wasn't really new. We did change, um, obviously, how we masked. We, we did start wearing N95s and, and sometimes multi-layer masks. Um, we, you know, at, at my office in, invested in, I already had one extra oral suction, but I invested in another system to get even more of that. Um, I put in some UV filters, mm-hmm. um, to kind of filter the air after to kind of catch any other leftover aerosol, uh, that might be lingering. Um, but other than that, it hasn't, it hasn't been too huge. We're just very aware. And we, we always have patients would call pre COVID and say like, I have a cough. Should I come in? And we'd say, no, <laughs> you know, that that's kind of always been our protocol because we're in people's mouths and we know the biggest risk, um, in dental is to us, the providers, because we're the ones like with the air and the water and everything kind of floating up towards us. So we've always kind of taken that pretty seriously. Yeah. Um, it's just added another level. Yeah. One thing I'm curious about um, with all of this is just, and not just in dentistry, but just in life in general is like habits that we've gotten used to over the past couple of months. Like are those going to stick around or are things going to go back to normal? You know, a lot of people are working from home now or, or is it going to stay that way? Are people going to go back to work? How's that going to work? So yeah. do, you, do you think like the extra precautions you guys are taking in the dental field, do you think some of those will stick or? I, I do. I, I really do. I think um, in the dental world, a lot of the reason we kind of upped our 
infection control, like the last time we had like a big boom in like the upping of the infection control was around the time uh, HIV kind of started to surface. And so we started, we, we created universal precautions, which is gloves for everybody, two-handed needle closure. So we're not like poking ourselves, those sort of things. Um, and I kind of feel like this is the next level of that where I don't think, um, I don't think we're going to practice with anything less than a level three face mask and a shield, if not an N95. I just can't see it going back. I don't think we'll ever get rid of extra oral suction. I think that's always going to stay now. It's really not that hard. I mean, initially it was, it was an investment and it was also like a matter of finding these things because everything was sold out and on back order for months. Um, but I, I, I can't really see us going back to doing it any other way at this point. Yeah. Are you guys still having a hard time finding equipment? Um, not really at this point. I, I ordered a lot of it in the early days and so it's all come in by now. And so there was one item that took many months and like the company kept saying like, it'll come in. It'll be two weeks. Actually, when I first ordered it, the, the rep said it'll be in, in two weeks. So I was like, perfect. And then they sent me a letter and they were like, we lied. <laughs> it's not two weeks. The nice thing is they didn't charge me until I got it. So I had the whole time to test it out and they gave yeah. me like two days. And so that was nice. And I do love it. So Good. I'm happy it eventually came in, but yeah, um, it's a little bit easier. There, it's, it's kind of funny. There's, um, certain things that were back ordered are just kind of funny. Like the little bags that we give our um, toothpaste and floss and stuff and we're yep. back ordered and we can't get those even our floss. So we got toothpaste and brushes, but like we can't get our sample flosses in. Sure. Those have been back ordered. For I think it's more just the production. Like they've shut down factories and things like that. And I think yeah. it's just a matter of getting them caught up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I went to, I, <clears throat> before, COVID, I was running low on gloves and thought to myself, yeah, I should probably order those and kept, I don't use a ton of them. So I was like, ah, I'll be fine. And then mid pandemic, I ran out and it's like, oh no, I need to get some now. And I hopped on Amazon. I was like, if any, if I can get them anywhere quick, it's Amazon. Right. And so, and no, there's like nothing on there. No, even one on them, Amazon. Yeah. One of them I put in my cart and you go to purchase it. And right when you purchase it, it changes the date. So yeah. <laughs> like, that Amazon was doing a lot of that. So luckily we had, um, like right before we did get some gloves and some level one masks. And, um, I know there were a couple hospitals around that were just really, really low and asked for donations. So I kind of figured the level one masks would probably be somewhat insignificant after. So I did donate some of those to, um, the local hospital, um, but and I asked if anyone needed gloves and they didn't. So luckily we had gloves. I wish you would have asked me. I probably could have given you a box. Yeah. So we we've been we've luckily we haven't run out of our gloves. That's that's a good thing. Yeah. Nice. Um, what do you mean by like level one mass, level three? You've kind of touched on that, but yeah. So that's um, it's a filtration level. Okay. Um, and it's about the size of the particles, but also it's a moisture barrier. So level threes are more equipped to. Uh, they don't always even look thicker. Sometimes they look exactly like a level one um, or like the medical mask that you might buy from the store. Now they sell like these disposable medical masks, but the levels are there. Um, they really, um, it's about the way it's made. So some of them have better moisture protection. So the level threes are, are going to protect you a lot from things like saliva. 
Gotcha. Aerosols. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's new to me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We just don't like. So for a while, standard standard for dentistry was like a level one was fine, and now, you know, if we use a level one, it's to protect like our N95 or something, just so that we can kind of stretch it. But um, sure, we don't we don't practice with level ones anymore. We use a level three and a shield or like an N95 and a one over it or multiple. I, I have my own, um, we have our own protocol here for what we wear and when there's some board regulations and we obviously follow those, but then we kind of take it a step further depending on what we're doing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I was trying to think yeah. back to like all my clinical rotations and just my time in the Navy. And I don't think, I mean, a couple of times in like the hospital setting, we would wear a mask for certain patients, but really in physical therapy, like I've never really had to wear a mask. Um, more people did when we were in Japan if they had a cold or something, but I think that's just more because of Japanese culture. It's, it's common yeah. for people to wear masks there where here in the States it's not. So, but otherwise like we didn't, I think we had some in our office, but the providers didn't keep them in their specific offices. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We, we've always worn masks, so they're not, they're not yeah. that new for us. It's yeah. not something that's so crazy. Sure. How did, uh, how did teledentistry go? Because I thought I would just switch my practice over to some telehealth and it would be fine. And I found most people really didn't want to do it. So, and, and I think a lot of people were just confused on how you would do physical therapy on Zoom or on a platform yeah. like that. And so I think there's a lot of confusion with it and a lot of people were kind of apprehensive to even try it. So how would that go for you? Yeah, it was... Um it's not the same dentistry is surgical, yeah. right? Like a lot of it is surgical to an extent, like even right. getting a cleaning is like we have to scrape your teeth. Right. So, uh, even on the most basic level, there's some involvement, right? It's very physical and, um, it's hard to do virtually. It was mostly triaging emergencies. So figuring out, uh, there were some cases that I would say, Hey, this is what's going on. Sometimes people just needed, wanted to know what was going on. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it was a matter of like, okay, you know, you have this problem, especially there were some people who like get pain when they have gum disease. And at the time, because I couldn't treat them, I'd say, okay, eventually you need to make it in for a cleaning. Not right now. You know, as soon as the dental office is open again, sure. um, there were people who had infections um, where I would offer them. I mean, you need this treatment, this or this treatment eventually, you know, essentially, needs right. to be done right away but in the middle of a pandemic when everything is on lockdown we might give you some antibiotics sure. and you know, something for pain to help you get through the pain um i think i might have had uh, not too many but there were some uh trauma cases where we kind of had to explain what to do there was a few there were a few patients who were in pain who needed to come in um who needed like a filling or a crown or something like that because the tooth broke or it was just you know, we couldn't just manage the pain with medication. Gotcha. Uh, sometimes when it's so far down gone, you have to do some treatment. Right. Um, so I did come in a few times for, for those patients, but the tele-dentistry tele or telehealth was mostly, like I said, just triaging, figuring out what the problem was and then, you know, where to proceed from there. Yeah. I think that's where it worked the best for me too, with like those acute cases where someone slept wrong and they had a kink in their neck or something like that, where, you know, I could give them a couple of quick exercises and give them some advice and get them going again. But yeah. 
how did you how did you get the name the people's dentist um that was something i was called i was hanging out with some people who had been in my office and were just it it <laughs> <laughs> It was almost like a, I mean, I thought it was really sweet because that was what, it was a way to describe what I wanted my office and my practice to be without saying it. And so he's like, well, I want to be the person for, it was very hard for me to explain what I wanted. And they're like, well, you're the people's dentist. Um, but it's, I, I want to be the practice for anybody who doesn't feel like, well, for everybody. Um, but specifically people who just didn't feel like they um, necessarily had a home or were welcome in other practices. Um, part of it was also just being socially aware, um, aware of like social justice causes and like having a say about certain things where um, I think a lot of doctors um, have been told to like stay very hush hush about certain things and not have an opinion outside of their realm. And I think that's not just the case for doctors. I know that that's kind of a thing for that people in any like professional quote unquote professional job or field are told like you're stay in your lane, mm -hmm. stay in your lane. Like you, you're a dentist, talk about teeth, you know, you're an accountant, talk about numbers. Like don't, don't like, don't cross territories or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it, but also just like I said, I try to be a very inclusive and welcoming, um, have a, have an inclusive practice. Um, we welcome everybody here. We don't, um, we try really hard to just not make anybody feel anything less than comfortable and at home. Um, so part of that is even just, um, you know, we're in network with most insurance companies, which I know you've talked a lot about you know, insurance and why you're not in network, which I respect. Um, but in dentistry, I know that's just a big barrier for people yeah. is that there's the fear of like the pain, but also paying for it. Like right. financially paying is really hard. Yeah. Um, so that was why I made the decision to do that. But I also have um, a payment and membership plan yeah. that helps cover a lot of the expense. And I tried to make it as affordable as possible um, just to help get people in the door. Um, so that, that's a big part of it. You know, like I said, it's inclusivity kind of across the board. Um, whether it's like, you know, different genders, different orientation, different religion, different background, different socioeconomic background where we want to be the place where everybody can just feel welcome. Sure. Okay. What would you say is your number one health or fitness tool? Um, health or fitness tool? Um, well, lately it's been sleep. Sleep has been so important. And I, for so many years, neglected my sleep. Yeah. For so many years. Like dental school, like pulling all-nighters. Now I can't even imagine why I would ever do that. Yeah. Um, but I know that like, if I get a full night's rest where I get like seven to nine hours, the next day is significantly better than if I get less. Um, it helps me renew. It gives me, I feel physically rested, but also emotionally and mentally yeah. better. So yeah. sleep is a big one. Yeah. I think sleep is totally uh, underrated in its aspect for, like you said, mental health, 
um, but just physical health, physical recovery. And so I think uh, I was actually just talking to the gym owner that I'm where my practice is. And we were talking about uh, one of the members there. And it's like, you could tell she's getting more sleep. She just looks more rested. She, there's the way yeah. she acts, the way she moves, the way she does goes through these different exercises. It's completely different. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing what getting that rest can do for someone. Oh yeah, for sure. And for a long time, um, I was doing the early morning workouts like at 5am, which is really good. I mean, I liked being able to, to have to start. I like starting my day with my workouts, but if I don't get to bed by 9pm, I'm not going to wake up at, no. at 4.30 or 5. I just, I don't prioritize that anymore. Yeah. The sleep comes first and everything else follows because I know I'm not doing my body any favors by like pushing myself to go do a CrossFit workout on six or five or six hours of sleep. It's just, I'm not going to get the benefit out of it, you know? So, uh, I still, I still like waking up early. I think there's a lot of benefit to waking up early. Um, but, but I, I try to make sure I sleep and I get good quality sleep. I wear a night guard because I was grinding for a while. So that's a big part of it. Dentistry does play a lot in that. Um, we do, we do talk about things like night guards and sleep apnea a lot, um, and try to help you and guide you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah. I'm the same way. If I like nine o'clock, if I'm not in bed, there's no way I'm getting up to go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't do it anymore. 10 yeah. maximum. Like if it's not right, if I'm not like asleep at 10 o'clock, I'm not. Yeah. Gonna there's wake no up. way. Yeah. And like gonna happen. COVID, I was great at getting up early. I mean, I still had to go to bed pretty early to get up, but I felt like I could hop out of bed and just go. And ever since then, it's been a struggle. Lately, I've been trying to get back into that routine where I get up early and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. But it's, I didn't do that it's as hard. Well, that much. I was <laughs> never a morning person until I had kids and then they would wake me up at all hours. So then I started waking up at five. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my kids sleep through the night now, so I don't need to do that. Well, <laughs> There's no, no reason. No, we don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do that anymore. So right. I did another interview recently and asked their morning routine and he was like, I have kids. I don't have a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, know? I still, I mean, my kids are four and six, so they're like, they're still young, but at least they're not like infants where they're waking up every two hours to nurse or something. Right. Well, we, we've got that whole range here. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's difficult. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I've got, some spitfire questions for you a little bit more uh, on the lighter side. This is uh, I didn't send these to you. So sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's not a test. Uh, so this is the, this or that fall edition. Oh, All right. okay. So first up apple cider or pumpkin latte. Apple cider. Okay. Flannel or sweater. Sweater. Okay. Apple picking or pumpkin picking. Apple picking. Okay. Soup or chili? Chili. Pumpkin pie or apple pie? Pumpkin pie. Rainy day or cold sunny day? Cold sunny day. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I'm freezing right now. Like it, I can't believe it was 90 degrees this weekend, last weekend. I have my space heater on and I'm still in my vest. Like I yeah. don't like being cold, but. Yeah, we, uh, so my, I'm in my office right now and it's right below our living room and the fireplace is currently on upstairs. (laughs) I think it was like 66 degrees this morning when we woke up. So yeah, I've got a sweatshirt on and 
I don't mind the cooler weather, but I don't, I don't know. Cold and rain. It's gloomy. It's the darkness. Yeah. That kind of puts a damper on things sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. So I lived two years like right around Seattle and it was like this all the time. Oh yeah. That was a downer. My wife loved it. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I need to see. Something. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get sunny weather again. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Brighten up a little. Right. Yep. All right. What, um, uh, do you have any like book recommendations or is there a book? Um, book recommendations. Ooh, there's a lot of good books. Currently I am rereading the autobiography of Malcolm X. If you haven't read it, everybody needs to read that book. I think, yeah. uh, it's an amazing book. I've read it before and I'm rereading it because I can't go to the library and scroll and I, have it and I figured I should use <laughs> for a while I had ordered I had um put some requests of on requested some books online from the library and got them but it's very hard for me to like find something and request it and it, it felt like a process so yeah rereading and I'm lately I've been trying to prioritize reading every day for a few minutes sure do you prefer like reading versus like listening to audible or anything like that uh I don't commute really anymore so i don't really listen to audiobooks when i used to have a longer commute for work i used to do audiobooks um and i listen to i listen to podcasts sometimes if i'm like cleaning or something because yeah. you know or there there are times i listen to podcasts because they're short and quick right um but i don't consistently listen enough so i don't really do a lot of audiobooks anymore okay yeah so i found like audiobooks i feel productive because i can put some headphones in and then go do the dishes or the laundry or yeah. that's I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. I'm doing some chores. Yeah. I, I, I only kind of recently got into podcasts, but um, like I said, cause I can listen to like an episode at a time and I feel like it's just a little, it's less commitment. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, and sometimes it's hard too. like I read or I listened to uh, breath recently and I felt like I needed to see it like in person and take some notes and like highlight things. Yeah, that's a part of it too. Like if I want to read a book that's going to be something like productive like that, I want to really focus. I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, Dr. Bill BC, is there anything else that you want people to know about you or about Cedar Ridge Aesthetic and Family Dentistry? Um, I'm Sia. We're doing, uh, speaking of the membership plan, we do have uh, a whole, well, actually, we decided to kind of extend it to the end of this month, to the end of September 2020. We are discounting our membership plan and we're doing 50% off um, whitening treatments of any kind. So okay. the, the fees for the membership are never going to be this low again because in January it's going to go up. And right now it's discounted from its regular. So if you are looking for a dentist and financial barriers or something that makes it hard for you to get in we work with you it's definitely affordable for most people yeah i i had asked you about that recently and you sent over everything and you get a ton of value for the price it's not that expensive and the, the everything you get for it, there's a lot yeah yeah we like i said we try to just make it accessible yeah. um so we we try to make it a good value so that people can just get the care they deserve sure now, if people want to learn more about you and your practice, how can they do so? 
Um, our website is cedarridgedentistry.com, C-E-D-A-R-R-I-D-G-E-D-E-N-T-I-S-T-R-Y. You can look up our website. Um, we do have a Facebook page, which is at Cedar Ridge Dentistry. I will admit our Facebook is not the most active, but we're on there. So you can at least, you can at least message us through Facebook and things like that. We okay. have uh, all of the staff is linked to the Facebook, so you can reach somebody usually pretty quickly. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at Dr. Bill BC at D-R-B-I-L-B-E-I-S-I. That is my personal Instagram page, but I do um, sprinkle a lot of dental education posts in there. Um, you get to know me a little better if you want. And uh, you can DM me. I get a lot of DMs about like scheduling or just dental questions. Sure. So uh you can dm me as long as it's uh, an appropriate dm (laughs) (laughs) i will answer (laughs) i really like the uh dental education stuff you've been putting out the past couple days those are great oh thanks yeah keep that up thank you i will i was supposed to do another one today or yesterday i had it and then i sometimes i also like i i keep my dms active so i get notifications if people want to reach me but sometimes i just don't really like to open it up just for my own yeah. It was a holiday weekend. I was like, I just don't need to be. Yeah. Well, sometimes you need doing that. that right now. And yeah. Yeah. So I'll be active for like four or five days and then I just like need a week off. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. All right, Dr. Belisi, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to learn more about today's guests or about Kaizen Health and Wellness, and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free for life. Head over to kaizenhealthandwellness.com to learn more.